God looks at is what? Our hearts. So our hearts are with the Lord this morning. Amen. Let's just have a quick opening prayer as we worship the Lord this morning. Dear Father, we thank you so much for your Holy Spirit's presence. We thank you for everyone here enthusiastic and interested in worshiping and praising your name, dear Lord. We ask and pray that you'll be with us. We ask that your holy angels will be here as well as we continue to worship and praise you in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen. All right, we'll start out. We have a few announcements, just a few announcements, but it's very important because, as we had talked about, we like everybody to be involved. We don't want to just be the only person. I don't want to be the only person at the events. You don't want to be the only person. We want everybody possible to come out, and that's why we have so many different events, because how many people like basketball? How many people like soccer? How many people like playing tiddlywinks? <laughs> Everybody don't like the same thing. So we have a variety of events that we want to interest you in. Uh, number one thing is our 12 Steps program. Everybody's trying to be successful, right? Maybe you're trying to be successful at being a data computer operator. Maybe you're successful as a bus driver. Maybe you're successful as the president. But we all want to be successful. So our 12 Steps program is geared to help you be the most successful you possibly can be. Everyone is welcome. It's, uh, we're actually having it June 25th at 5 p.m. Look on your announcements uh, to give you the Zoom ID. It's totally virtual, so you don't have to come in person. And that way, we can have even more people in our discussion. So look on your announcements. If you don't have it, see me afterward. I'll get you that Zoom information. Another thing we're having tomorrow, a stewardship meeting for all the stewardship team. Stewardship meetings tomorrow at 4 p.m. And you know what right now stewardship is focused on? Backpack Sabbath. Right, Backpack Sabbath. And let me tell you, we've been doing a great job. Tabernacle of Praise is so consistent and such a blessing to our community and our neighbors. We have almost reached our goal. Can you say amen? We have almost reached our goal. I have the latest numbers here for we have all the pencils we need. We have all the erasers we need. We have all the crayons we need. We have all the ink pens we need. So all we need now is some more spiral notebooks, and we only need 21 more notebooks. Now, we do need some more highlighters. We got in a lot of markers. Uh, markers are different from highlighters, so we need some highlighters. We need 142 packs of highlighters. And then next month in July, we're going to start bringing in water, snacks, and candy to also put in the boxes, uh, backpacks. And then once the board meets, we'll go ahead and order those backpacks. And we're going to need volunteers. We're aiming at 200 backpacks. I can't put 200 backpacks worth of stuff by myself, so we're going to be needing you to come out and help us to put those items in the backpacks, and I know that the Lord will bless you for your kindness and assistance. Also, we have our Family Life Workshop coming up in October. That's going to be citywide, and they're bringing in some special guest speakers, so be, be on the lookout for that Family Life Workshop in October. And... We're also having October 29th our Suicide Prevention 
workshop. We did that the past three years. It's been a great success. People have told us that they really learned a lot about preventing suicide and as well as possibly have saved some kids' lives because unfortunately it happens and we want to prevent it. So you don't have to be feeling that way yourself. You don't even have to know anybody right now. But having that knowledge is going to help you in case you meet somebody on the bus line or at the store and they're talking about something, uh, feeling depressed or whatever, then you can be a blessing to them. So come on out. It will be a blessing to you and you can be a blessing to someone else. And finally, our Christmas concert, our Thank You Jesus concert. Please start putting aside your thank you funds to uh, donate to the church at that time and start inviting your family, friends, and relatives. Last time we had it, was there any room left in the church? No, we want to do that, and we want to have people standing outside wishing they could get in here. So start inviting people now. That's going to be here in December before you know it. Amen? Amen. All right, has God been good to you this week? All the time, right? So at this time, we'll have Elder Tori McRae come up for our intercessory prayer. Let us be prayerful. Amen. God bless you for being in attendance today. And I believe the Lord will do that because of your faithfulness. Uh, and according to his riches and glory, he is going to allow his presence and his storehouse to be poured out on people who make sacrifices for him. Amen. Amen. So wherever the, the willingness is, when, when your heart is in the right place, God oversees that. And he looks down and balance what is needed for your life and give you the very best that heaven has to offer. What do you say? Amen. So at this point, this is what we're going to ask God today. We're going to come down to the altar, if you will. I am going to give a special prayer for you and your family and that God will do what he said he would do. So he will honor his word and it will be a blessing for you to receive and also to share. Amen? Amen. So come on down, family of God, and, and allow us to pray and connect with heaven together. Amen. 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 For those who are online, we welcome you to worshiping with us, and we just ask you that you pray with us. Um, we know and believe that the power of prayer will open doors of heaven for us to receive. Amen. Every head is bowed. Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, we acknowledge who you are and what you mean to us. Our Savior, our Lord, our friend our sustainer, our redeemer. We acknowledge the only true living God and who have asked his son to come to this earth and die for our sins that we may be right with thee. For that we say thank you. Lord, we ask now that you will incline thy ear unto us and grant us thy peace. In this world, Lord, we see all kinds of foolishness, nonsense, tribulation, trials, crimes on every side. And we see all types of evil forces at work. But we believe that greater is he that is in us 
than he that is in the world trying to break us. But God, we know that you have already fixed us because you already have made a way out of no way. And by our faith, God, we are activating right now that you will open up the doors and the windows of heaven and pour out the blessing that we stand in need of. You said that we can call on you, and when we call on you, you will hear and you will expediently come to our rescue. So the devil is a liar. Want us to believe that you're not available. Want us to believe that you're not listening. The devil is a liar. And we rebuke him in your name. Now, God, many people have come to the sanctuary to have a total beautiful Sabbath experience with you. They need to be restored in their souls some way, somehow. They've been distracted and some even been deceived. But God, thank be to your spirit, they are here to be back in you fully without any interruptions. God, they need forgiveness. They need to be empowered. They need to be encouraged. These are your people. These are your children. We all need your spirit to fall afresh upon us one way or another. You know our health problems. You know the sick and shut-in list that we have in our church and in our families. We ask that you go and regulate their minds and let, and let them be reminded that you are near, that you have not forsaken any of your children, and that you are going to pour out the blessing that is needed for them to survive. God, you know that they need their finances touched. For those who have been truly faithful in giving and tithe and offering, you said that you will open up your storehouse. So now, God, as a servant of yours, I'm pleading and challenging you to keep your word to us so we can testify for your goodness so your word can be manifested in our lives and people can see that the blessings of God is over us and covering us that we may share it with them so you may receive glory for it. But for those who have not been faithful, discipline them in love and show them the way that they too can be blessed if they keep the principle. Now, God, we ask that you look down on all of our families. There are some who needs to be saved, and we ask that you give them a special visitation. God, we can't reach them. They don't even want to listen to us, and their ears are stopped up by the devil, and I'm asking the Holy Spirit to go to them right now. Remind them of who they are and they were created by you and for you. So Jesus Christ, son of the living God, allow your spirit now, Lord, to take place. Moving in the earth that you created to go to these people all over this land and reclaim them and snatch them back from your enemy. And bring them to the tabernacle of praise so they can experience the beauty of your holiness 
and the love that we will extend to them. Now, God, we believe that you have heard our prayer. There's only one thing left to do. You fulfill your word in our lives that we may receive and that we will glorify your name even greater in the earth. Now let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Let the church say, amen. 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 You may be seated. You know, I forgot to ask, do we have any visitors today? Anybody visiting today? Okay, and yeah, now y'all not visitors anymore. <laughs> we already know, y'all already counted as family. Praise the Lord, any visitors? Holly, <laughs> it's our friend Holly Kibble. So praise the Lord. Now is the time where everyone can participate. That's stewardship time, of course. Stewardship is proper use of our time, talent, temple, and treasure to glorify God. And it's easier than you think. You just have to be yourself. That's easy to do, right? You can be yourself. In fact, you're probably the best you than anybody else can be. So I'm pretty sure you can do that. So we want to offer our time, talent, temple, and treasure to the Lord because he deserves it. He's given you everything that you have, everything you ever had, and everything you're going to have. And the least we can do is return a portion of our time, talent, temple, and treasure to him because he has promised that we can never beat God giving. I want to tell you just a quick personal testimony of how you can never beat God giving. If you're a faithful and tithing offering, what does God promise to do with the windows of heaven? Open them up for you and pour you out how much of a blessing? So much you can't even receive it. Well, being, doing our best to be faithful and tithing offering constantly, Lakita and I have always returned, returned, whatever was going on. By God's grace, we're able to return. Well, you probably don't know this, but for a few years, we didn't have any income. We didn't have any income, so you don't have income. <laughs> what does that do to you, right? Can't buy food, can't pay your light bill, can't pay your gas bill. You know, what are you going to do? But because of God's faithfulness, not ours, but he recognized we're doing the best we can to be honest and faithful, we never missed anything. We had our house note was paid driving around in the car like nothing happened, lights was on, gas was on, plenty to eat. I probably gained a few pounds <laughs> during that time period, and we never had to worry about anything because our trust is in God, not in ourselves. If, our, if we believed our trust was in ourselves, we would have panicked. We'd have been knocking on your door. Hey, can I stay with you? Can we sleep on the couch? Did I ask anybody to sleep on your couch? Didn't have to, thank God. Did I ask anybody for food or clothing or shelter? Didn't have to because of God's grace. 
It's all because of him, not because what we do. But he counts our faithfulness. So we had to do that for three years. Three years. Now you're talking about sustaining power. God has sustaining power. So the little bit that he's asking, the little bit that he's asking us to do is nothing compared to what he's going to do for you. So whatever happens in your life, you lose your job, lose your income, or whatever sickness, illness, kids acting a fool, parents acting a fool, whatever the case may be, remember, God is your source. Nobody else is your source. God is your source, and if you rely on him and trust in him, he's promised to open up the windows of heaven and pour you out so much of a blessing, you won't even be able to receive it. Anybody want that kind of blessing? I know I do, and I know he's blessed us with it. At this time, we ask for our deacons to come forward to lift our morning tithe and offerings. Remember, you can also return to our, through our cash app, your tithe and offering at dollar sign TOP giving, as well as adventistgiving.org, or put it into the offering plate, and our treasurer will take care of it for you. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the privilege and the honor that we have of returning a faithful tithe and offering, of returning of our time, talent, temple, and treasure to glorify you. Lord, we trust in you, we trust you, and we trust in your promises that you have said that if we are faithful, that you are going to be more than faithful to us. This we ask in the blessed name of your son, Jesus. Amen and amen. the devil had something in mind this morning but I know the end of the story God had something in mind also I'm gonna try to move around here because I know I don't know these words okay thank you the devil got into Kansas City Melinda came in this morning telling me about how everything was just kind of messed up, static, a bunch of mess going on in Kansas City, and that's where we're having our camp meeting this weekend. So the devil is mad. We've been getting on the prayer line every morning praying for the Holy Spirit to come, for God to send his anointing in a mighty wind, and I guess the devil heard that and he got mad. But again, I know the end of the story. We came in here this morning. It, we're few in numbers, and the ladies were dressed up and looking good. Look at them. Got their black on, out there smiling. And the devil would have it that it would mess up our PA system. The music kept coming through the keyboard like it was haunted in here. <laughs> Scaring us. Jumping. Ridiculous. The devil had something in mind, but God also had something in mind. I know the end of the story. And then as Elder Lee kept talking up here this morning, he kept talking about faithful. Anybody want to be faithful this morning? 
we were looking around here and Joseph was like, Beverly, do you have something in your car that you can sing? I said, well, what I do now, Joseph, is I give him my phone and let him get the song off the thing. Well, the songs that I would have chosen to sing, I couldn't find them. And devil, trying to do something up in here, but God knows the end of the story. Elder Lee kept talking about faithful. Why is it that the only song that I could find and pull up a girl just like that was, he's been faithful to me? See, if you don't believe that God is in control, you need to go back home. God is in this place, and he has sent his anointing among us. We just have to believe, ain't no music going to keep me from praising God. Ain't no keyboard going to keep me from being, from being faithful. So I don't know what you came to do. I don't know what the devil thought he had in mind, but my God has been faithful to me. So bear with me. If I mess up a little place in there, it's okay. God's still been faithful to me. And try to listen to the words. They mean so much. In my moments of fear, through every pain, every tear, there's a God who's been faithful to me. When my strength was all gone and my heart had no song even then god was faithful to me every word he's promised it's true and what i thought was impossible I've seen my God do He's been faithful faithful to me looking back his love and mercy I see Even failed to believe, yet he's been faithful, faithful to me. When my heart looked away, the many times I could not pray. Still in love, God proved faithful to me. The days I spent so selfishly reaching out for what pleased me. Even then, God was faithful 
to me and every time I come back to him I see him waiting with his open arms and I know once again oh, and mercy I see and though in my heart I had questioned even failed to believe yet he's been faithful faithful oh, oh, oh. You guys didn't have to get quiet because I came up here. It's okay to worship God in the beauty of his holiness. You know, when we look at beautiful songwriters and, and musicians and, and singers, can you imagine when the gifts are so perfect when we get to heaven? Can you imagine how sweet the sound of perfection is? Because I've been moved by Sister Beverly just this moment. Not because of the gift that God has given her to inspire us through music, 
but the lyrics that God gave her through the gift to allow our souls to be inspired. I wish I had a witness today. Now understand something. From elderly Carol's opening, from the prayer that we had, and from the message in the music we just had. Even though the devil is doing what he does best, God just turned the title of this sermon. He said, you see what my enemy is doing? Watch what I do next. So God says, use this title. Let's make it personal. That's the title of the message. Let's make it personal. The Bible reads in Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1. Before we even read, come on, let us pray. Anoint your servant, spirit of the living God. Do what you are famous for. Now make your name even greater in the sanctuary that we may witness and then testify that you are not just good, but you are greater today in our lives than you was yesterday. Now bless your work. That's all I'm asking. In Jesus' name, amen. In Titus chapter 1, verse 4 and verse 5 is, is our, our text. And the Bible says in verse 4, it says to Titus, a true son in our common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. For this reason, I left you in Crete that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. You guys gonna see it in a minute. Paul took Titus under his wing as he did other young men like Timothy. And the spirit of God moved on him to teach them to do what he was doing. Sounds familiar? So he came to a point where he knew he had to leave, and he wanted to check and see what Titus was doing. And he's like, okay, in verse 1 it says that I wrote this letter. I'm Paul the apostle. He introduced himself. He said, but I wrote this letter to Titus for a reason. And it came down to the mission that God asked 
Paul to accomplish, he knew that it was very tedious. He knew that uh, the task was kind of hard, and he found out, look, God, I need some help. Even Jesus Christ himself, when he came to earth, he didn't go around doing everything by himself. So he chose 12 men to follow him. He chose 11 men to follow him. One just came and followed. You read and study the word of God, you'll notice that Jesus didn't call Judas. Judas just came and followed. But he did call the other 11. He asked them to come follow him so they can be trained to do what Jesus did because Jesus knew he was going to need some help. So in, in this thing and in this mission and on this journey as we see now and when we read our Bible and we just read the text and, and Paul was like, okay, Titus, look, I left you in Crete for a reason. I need you to complete the task that God has given us. You are equipped in all the training I gave you. Now I am going to just write you back just to see just what you're doing. <laughs> Y'all going to get it in a minute. Y'all going to get it in. Let me take my glasses. Oh, let me put my glasses on so I can see. Amen. Because I, I don't want to mess this thing all the way up. Amen. See, I need some help. Amen. I need my glasses. Amen. So here it is. Paul says, look, this truth that was given to us, we can be confident that what that truth is is going to allow us to experience power that's going to help bring eternal life to someone else. Well, what Paul was trying to tell Titus is that, man, when we start doing mission work and when we start doing the work of God, we have to think about our families. We have to think about our friends. We have to think about our loved ones. We have to think about people who are poor. We have to be thinking about people who is less fortunate. We have to think about people who don't know God. We got to make this thing a little personal. Because Paul is looking at Titus and he's saying, what if that was you in need? And Paul understand because he was in that position before and saw that he was in need of a savior. Anybody in the need of a savior this morning? So God himself sees the need and responds to it. And I'm getting ahead of the message. God, come on, God. No, 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 let me do that. Give it to me like you gave it to me at home, please, in Jesus' name. So God's, I mean, Paul told Titus, I left you on this island of Crete so you can complete our work. And what I want to do is give you these instructions because not only I need your help, you're going to need somebody's help too. He said, so this is what I want you to do. He said, I want you to go and I want you to find some elders and I want you to make them elders and I want you to look at their lifestyle and let their lifestyle be blameless. He said, an elder 
a leader of the church, the people that I'm asking you to, to go out and get and seek help. Let them be spiritual beings who wants to commit to God and then let their lifestyle be blameless and not to be criticized. See, when we as leaders in the church, oh, I'm going to bring this thing now. Don't forget this. I'm making this thing personal. See, what God is trying to tell us through the scriptures is this. God has called the church. You all are God's appointed agency to the salvation of men. So God has equipped us with gifts and ministries that we can allow the world to see that we are chosen, that we are called, and that we are being used by God for their benefit. Because, see, God is about saving people, and the church sometimes get beside themselves not understanding what God is trying to do in their personal life. And then we get into this position as we saw last week in the last message, we get into this Laodicea state, Elder Karen. Okay, here we go. God said, now these leaders that I want you to anoint, let them know that they are called to manage God's household. But they must live a blameless life. They must not be arrogant or quick-tempered. But they must, and they shouldn't be heavy drinkers, and they shouldn't be violent, they most definitely shouldn't be dishonest with money. See, anytime God calls someone to serve him, he has to do a cleansing before they can be used. And God sees that the world is full of all kinds of people who have been deceived by the devil to live a certain type of lifestyle. And God saying, look here, these are my kids. I created them for a reason. And the reasons I created them is for them to live forever with me. So since the devil have deceived them, I got to make this thing personal. Because they belong to me. So I hope today that you understand who you are and what you mean to God. And because God allows certain things to come into your life, it's only to help correction. It's only to encourage you. And then it's to empower you so you can be an example and be a sacrificial lamb. For somebody else to be saved. Does that make sense? As a matter of fact, the Bible says this way. That we should, just as Christ was willing to lay down his life, that we should be willing to lay down ours. I dare you to challenge me to find it in the Bible. I will do that for you. Just, just call me and I'll give you my number afterwards. Amen? But this is what, what, this is what Paul was saying to Titus. He says, look here. Now, Titus, the church is made up of 
people who are not perfect. They come from backgrounds of all sorts. And I'm asking you to train them and anoint them and to, so they can take positions in the church. But, but before that happened, Titus, there's two things you must do first. He's saying, Titus, look, if you will submit yourself under the mighty will of God, taking the principles of God yourself, be an example. So when they see you coming, they know that God is about to move. They know what kind of individual that they're about to encounter. And they know what kind of person that is about to be engaging in their stuff or in their life. And they're not going to get offended because they know how you live. So when Titus steps on the scene, people is looking like, man, I can see this guy is different from what we are used to seeing. And now they see the glory of God is surrounding Titus. And they see that, man, he must be on some kind of mission. And the mission is them. Understand, God is trying to build his kingdom. His kingdom is not complete without us being there. He has holy angels and seraphims. And, and he has all these things surrounding the, the, the throne of God, the 24 elders. And got all this power and all this glory and all of this stuff, the jewels and gems and the seraphim walls and the golden streets and pearly gates. And throne of God is transparent like glass. And God has all that. And it's still not complete. Because you and I are not there yet. The devil knows that and he's mad. And he's trying to make it personal, trying to deceive you, trying to bring things into your life to make it seem like God is lying to you. He's trying to make you believe that God is not available for you, trying to make you think that God is not available. He's not there. He's not listening. And the devil is a liar. That's his job to sit and lie to you that you'll keep doing the foolishness that you're doing. So you won't be fit for heaven. And when Jesus come back, he wants you to be in the same category as he is. Being lost. Eternal damn. God's saying, okay, you're messing with my kids. First you want to war with me and I kick your tail out of heaven. Now you want to go down to earth and mess with my kids. Oh, you want to make this real personal, huh? So Jesus said, okay, I take your challenge. I ain't the kings of kings for nothing. You want to try to act like my creation on earth is your throne? Ooh, you want to make this personal, okay. So here it is. Titus, Paul said, let me give you a few, a little bit more instructions. This is how the children of God can make things personal with the devil. God is saying, if you clean up your life, if you were encouraged, if you 
wise women in the church will make it personal within yourself to teach the younger women in the church to live godly, to live respectably. Teach them how God is expecting them to live. That will make the devil even more angrier because now he's seeing that they are being pulled away from him and God is reclaiming them back as his own. And he, the Bible says he is going to make war with the church. Read it in Revelations chapter 14. But understand something, you ain't got to be fearful when you're on the right side. What are you scared of when you all linked up with all the power in the universe? How can he win? He didn't win before, so he sure ain't going to win now. But see, he deceived us into believing in our minds. He will even take the scriptures. If God is before you, who can be against you? And we'll say that. And the devil will come and say to you, yeah, is God for you, though? Is he for you? Just like he did in the garden. God told Adam, hey, man, look, don't y'all touch that tree. You do it, you're going to surely die. He went and took right the word of God. Did God not say that? You're not going to surely die. This thing is a personal thing. But look, when we talk about cleaning up our lifestyle, we should, thank you, Holy Ghost, say it that way. Thank you. We should not take it personal when God is trying to help us be fitted for heaven. We don't take it as an insult or we, we start griping them because we don't want to let go of sin for some things that we enjoy doing. God saying, look, don't take that personal. I want you to make things personal. Make it whereas you, the devil is a liar and I'm telling you the truth. He said, look, if you just clean up your lifestyle, because just know anybody going to come into my kingdom. As a matter of fact, would you let somebody just come and live with you? If some stranger off the street who's a bum or a thug or a gang member, and he come and knocking on your door, and they say, let me in, let me in. Come on, I need a place to stay. Are you going to let them in? Tell the truth. Why you ain't going to let them in? Why, why, why you not going to let them in? Because you don't know them, right? They thieves. Their lifestyle is not clean enough to come into your, in your house. Well, God feel the same way. No. You know, anybody just walking up in my kingdom, thinking you're going to live any kind of way, say anything you want to do. Oh, no. God saying the devil is a liar. So don't take it personal. God said no. Make it personal with him. Let him know that he has no more control over your life. He's not having any hold on you anymore. And all the stuff that he's been lying to you for years, and all the stuff he had been trapping you or trapping you with, deceiving you with, persecuting you with, that should be your evidence 
that if he's working that hard for me not to be saved, I need to work a little bit harder just to stay saved. Are you listening? So when the devil is in the boxing ring with you and he up jabbing you and he's jabbing you and he's hitting you and he's hitting you and then one day you even go down on the floor. That's all you have to do is get back up and look him in his face and say, that's all you got? That's all you got? Jabby, hit me again. Okay, that's all you got? Oh, that's all you got, man? And because when God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit start warring back and say, get him now. It's time for you to hit him. When you hit him, boom, your first shot, knock him across the ring. Because the Bible says this. If you resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Sometime your resistance is standing on truth, knowing what God has promised you. And that is the thing that's delivering a crushing blow to the devil. And he's flying away from you. Understand something. If the devil wants to fight, don't be scared to fight. The Bible says put on the whole armor of God. One, you know you got your armor on. And he can see you coming. The Bible says he, 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 he get the trembling and, and being fearful because he sees the Jesus in you walking to him. And when Jesus stands up on your behalf, how in the world can the devil win? But see, this is what the devil get us at. He bring all these issues and problems in your life. And you start entertaining what you're going through. And that's the stuff that holds you down and weighing you down. And then we as Christians don't even have the spiritual sense enough to give it to God. And we wonder why we're losing the battle sometimes. When you ought to just stand on the word of God and say, I know what I'm going through. But you know what? The devil is a liar. I'm tired of you always entertaining my mind with this foolishness. But you know what? Great is he that is in me because I believe the spirit of God is in me. And if God is for me and I believe he is, I'm said by faith. All these other mountains have to move out. Does that make sense? Are you guys encouraged now? Are you empowered now? Amen. Well, I'm doing my job. Okay, God, give me three more minutes and we're going to get on out of here. I'm going to get out your way, amen? Understand something. Jesus Christ gave his life to free us from every kind of sin. To cleanse us and to make us his very own people. Totally committed to doing good deeds. I'm going to say it again. Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, gave his life for us so we can be free from every sin to, clean, to cleanse us and to make us 
to make us his very own people. The Bible says, look, you've been bought with a price. The Bible says that you have been called out of darkness. God said, look, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a peculiar people. God said, you are mine. And in the day that I make up my jewels and my gems, God said, I will grab them all and I will rescue them and take them back to glory, not just for a little while. Not just for a thousand years. But God is saying, forever. And while we are with God forever, we're going to see how God going to step out in the last battle. And he's going to be mano e mano God face to face with Satan. And God's going to look back in the new Jerusalem. We're going to be inside cheering them on. Go get that rascal. Because we, we, we're about to get eternal life now. And now Jesus, here it is, one-on-one. And God is telling them, don't worry about it. He's telling us in the new Jerusalem, yeah, don't, don't worry about it. I'm going to make this thing real personal. Eternal life we have, eternal death you're going to get, Satan. And God is saying to us today, if my people, who's called by my name, if you all just humble yourselves, seek my face, Turn from your wickedness. God said, then I'm going to hear from heaven. And I'm going to do all kinds of healing in your life. Christ did this so he could set the church apart for himself. He made it clean by the washing of the water with the word of God. Christ did this so the church can mightily stand before him and shine in the greatness of God. There would be no sin of any kind in the church. There is not going to be any blame of your past or what you did in the church. People is not going to be able to criticize you and remind you of what you did in the church that was wrong. God said, I paid the price for it. And he said, and I personally claim them as mine. So here it is, the ending thought. Let me just empower you guys just a little bit more before I take my seat. The Bible says, it is good for us to suffer as a Christian 
than as a evildoer. God says there is consequences for evil, but there's rewards. Are you listening? There is consequences for evil, but there is rewards for those who are faithful. Now, some ministers may lie to you just to get an offering. They don't give you the whole truth on TV when you're listening to I'm telling you, it's, it's amazing. But when Jesus comes, they're going to be right what the scriptures say they would be. They're going to be saying, God, but didn't I do this in your name? But God did not like they trying to influence Jesus to let them in heaven because they was used the name of God to do all this wickedness. See, God is not about foolishness. He's about saving people. And it's sad, brothers and sisters, that we've been coming to church for years and experiencing God, been experiencing God, and truly won't surrender all to God. I just want you to be saved in God's kingdom. Do not let the insults and the criticism of the devil deter you. Don't take that person. You just turn that thing around and make it personal. This says, no matter what you do to me in the flesh, as long as my heart, because the Bible says God looks at the heart, as long as my heart is pure, that I am in love with my creator, he promised to save me. Every head is bowed. Jesus Christ, son of the living God, we are so grateful for your message. Thank you, God, for making this personal by delivering us out of the hand of our enemy, out of the bondage of sin. We don't have to be slaves to it anymore. Thank you for purchasing us with your blood and making it known to us who we belong to and who we are. Now, God, we accept that. We believe that you love us and we believe that you're coming back for us now lord we ask that you encourage us and empower us and sustain us to continue to be faithful until your return that's our prayer in jesus name let the church say amen, amen. now we <laughs> praise the lord now there's a lady in the audience have family members, sisters, forgot their names, Sooth and Donita. They're about to be prayed for. We're going to break that. See, we're going to make this thing personal. See, this is what love does. You ain't got to know me, but know that I love you in Jesus. And as a Christian young man, I, I am young, 
I want you to know that Jesus is about to do something. So at this time, if you guys don't mind, can we do this before we dismiss? Even if you just said no, I was going to do it anyway because I'm, I'm obedient to God. I'm impressed. Come on down. Let us pray for your family. Come on down. Let us pray for your family. And you guys pray with me. Come on, sisters. Every head is bowed. Spirit of the living God. Lord, we believe that you know all things, see all things, blueprint all things, and we know that you're going to fulfill all things. Our sister here is hurting because family members are feuding and the devil is using all kinds of nonsense so they may not be with you. So I'm asking now, Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, that the Holy Spirit will give a special visitation for this family. That it will break the chains of Satan right now. And we ask that you deliver unto them peace and joy and love in the Holy Ghost. Let the peace of God rule and rule their lives. Abide with them. Remind them of who they are. Let them see and feel and experience your power. And let her light shine as a light God. Be an example of what a godly woman looks like and what she should live like. And that they can take the recipe from heaven through her life. Seeing you, God. They will make the adjustment and change. Give them the word in their ear. Let them digest it, oh God, and feast good and be full as they sit at your welcome table. And let the devil be ashamed. Remove these evil spirits in the name of Jesus. These women need your movement. So Jesus Christ, we don't have to continue begging and pleading for this moment because we activate in our faith that you already has already done it before we even asked. Now let the word of God not return to you, but empower them where they see that your love is everlasting, your truth endures to all generations and that they are called to be a part of your eternal family. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank God. I thank God for Jesus. I thank him for his Holy Spirit. I thank God for today. Every day, we don't know what today is going to bring. And today I just asked the Lord, I said, may I? I'm in a consecration, you all. In 10 months, I had to be separated from my family because God wanted to deal with me. I need cleansing. Just like he said, we need cleansing.
And if six things about me that I thought was me, but the Lord said, no, those are the little foxes going to destroy the vine. So he's, I'm in the cleaning room. But while I'm in the cleaning room, the family is being torn apart. But the devil is alive. He told me this morning, he said, go to Praise Tabernacle. I had a charge, north side of praise. I said, okay, I'm going to praise, and now I see why he chose me. I thank God, and I had that uh, request on my heart, but I didn't come in burdened with it because I knew God was going to fix it. My one sister, Donita, that's under me, she said, Melba, pray, pray, pray for us. Pray for us. The devil is busy. I said, okay, Donita. I didn't know it was going to happen this morning, but I thank God for it, and I thank God because we walk by faith, huh? Woo! not by sight. Huh? Mm, glory to God. And you got to get in a place, people. The devil is coming against the church like never before. He's coming against the families, and he told showed my mother right at October 19, when that pandemic was released from China. Then they come on around, and Kobe's uh, situation kind of clouded the, the, the scene because the Lord brought it out in January in St. Louis. I remember it just as good. It was a little article about this pandemic. But anyway, in October of that year, 19, he showed my mother a dream. Y'all see my mother come with me. He showed my mother a dream. My mother saw a dream. She came out of her uh, room into the kitchen. In the kitchen, every plant, everything was across the wall. It was on fire. She said, I wasn't afraid and I wasn't scared, but I tell you what, I went and got my purse and I put it on my shoulder and I came back. I'm looking at this fire, fire, fire. And I hear you all's voices. My children were in the other room. They were talking. She said, and all of a sudden, everything across the wall dropped, but it was still on fire. She said, and she woke up. She said, now, God, what does this mean? And uh, he told her, he said, I'm purifying your family. Ha! And this is why Donita and Suzette, mm, glory to God, but it's going to be all right. I'm looking, y'all going to hear me come back and testify about it. Because my mother raised up nine children alone. She got married when we were, what, teens and everything, but she married the second time. But God helped her to raise us up. And she's a woman of God, teacher, anointed teacher. And she didn't go for no mess. You're going to serve God, quit playing. And she brought us up, everybody. We have no excuses of the way we walk in here. But guess what? Everybody is in Christ except for one. We got an alcoholic. But that's okay. Because God going to bring him too. But I said all of that to say this. God is moving in families. And there's going to come a time we're going to have to live together with each other. How are you going to live together and you can't even do it now? He's got to cleanse you. He's got to take the jealousy and the envy. Woo, glory to God. Hey, glory. And he knows exactly where we are. You can't fool him. He said, yeah, you come on close to me. You thought you was walking close. Come on, I'm going to show you something about yourself. You got to get before him. Getting before him. Getting. Wait a minute. People get confused. I know God. But do you have a relationship? A relationship calls for you to love on him. Come to him. Do what he's saying. Walk like he's walking. Talk like he say talk. That's what a relationship is. 
is sitting before God. He helped me. These 10 months I've been sitting before him. Learning so much about myself and about what's getting ready to happen in my life. I got to get prepared. People, we got to get prepared. This is no play thing. The devil is not playing with none of us. Uh, and he want to stop anybody and any family that he can, but he's a lie on today. I thank him for this time. I love praise tabernacle, tabernacle praise. I had it backwards. But it's still praise. When I come here, I know it's going to be some praises going forth. And I thank God, hallelujah, for Sister Beverly. It's a gift that I've never seen in this city of St. Louis before. Be encouraged and go in peace. Every one of you. And you know what? You are the one that I always come to when I come here. I come here because I'm waiting. I'm in the waiting room for my husband. And when I see you and your children and your husband, you are so blessed. You are so blessed, lady. Truly God is good, amen. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying. Has God been good to you today? Would you say amen? Would you say hallelujah? Would you say thank you, Jesus? Amen, amen. Thank you, Elder McCray, for that beautiful message. Reminding us to make it personal. Make our relationship with God personal. Make our relationships with our family and loved ones personal and make our relationship with those who know not Christ personal in the form of ministry and witnessing to them as well. Let us stand for our benediction. And now in benediction, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the blessed name of Jesus, amen, amen. Please be seated while the deacons come and dismiss you.